Greetings, fellow Federationists. Today is Tuesday, March 1st, 2022, and this is Presidential Release 514. Happy Fat Tuesday, and welcome to March. Across the Federation, we are marching, and we had a very successful Washington seminar, which we used to call the March on Washington. We had nearly 400 scheduled meetings with members of Congress. Almost 80% of Congress heard from the nation's blind about our four core issues for the 2022 Washington seminar. And congratulations and thank you to each and every one of you for the work that we did on this Washington seminar. Four of our five introduced bills that we took to the Hill for this Washington seminar gained co-sponsor support during the last month. In the House, the Access Technology Affordability Act, which is H.R. 431, gained 19 co-sponsors, bringing our total number of co-sponsors currently to 137. The Medical Device Non-Visual Accessibility Act, or H.R. 4853, gained 23 co-sponsors, boosting our total now to 33. The Transformation to Competitive Integrated Employment Act, H.R. 2373, gained 16 co-sponsors to bring our new total to 40. In addition, in the Senate, the Access Technology Affordability Act, or S-212, added one new co-sponsor to bring the total up to 35. As you know, if you tuned in to the Great Gathering Inn, Senator Steve Daines participated in our Great Gathering Inn meeting. He's the lead co-sponsor of the Transformation to Competitive Employment Act. And uh, we had a number of other highlights during the Washington seminar week. I want everybody to remember that despite the success we've had in the past month, we need to keep the energy on. We need to keep talking to Congress about these issues and keep urging them to co-sponsor. We do believe that there will be a number of opportunities this year to get our legislation passed and advanced, and it's going to take your continued work to make that happen. Now, if uh, you still have ratings that you have not uploaded to our Washington Seminar Portal, please do that as well. If you weren't able to participate in any of the meetings at Washington Seminar, you can still help to gain support by writing to your members of Congress, to talking to them in their local offices when they're at home, And if there were members that we weren't able to meet with, still push for a meeting. We can still get those meetings in and make some real opportunities happen before the spring is out and hopefully have some success to celebrate at our national convention, which will happen July 5 to July 10, 
2022 in the great city of New Orleans, Louisiana. And I know I am really looking forward to being at this year's convention. The last convention we had in New Orleans was 1997. That was my second convention. And I'm expecting the energy at this convention to be at least as high as that convention, which was our highest attended convention ever. I got a number of convention things to share with you on this release. First and foremost, our headquarters hotel will be the New Orleans Marriott. And all of this information you can also find in the Braille Monitor. But our main hotel, the New Orleans Marriott, is at 555 Canal Street in New Orleans. And you can make a reservation at the hotel by calling 855-821-4288. Now, uh, you may decide you don't want to stay at the main hotel and you want to stay at the Overflow Hotel, which is the Sheridan, which is right across the street, right across Canal Street. So it's an easy walk, but it is our Overflow Hotel. We will have uh, some activities in the Sheridan. I have mentioned on the release previously that the exhibit hall will be in the Sheridan across Canal Street. If you want to make a reservation at the Sheridan, please call 855-516-1090. Now, the rates for both of these hotels, the nightly rate is $109 for singles and doubles, and triples and quads can be booked for $119 per night. You should also anticipate that the combined sales tax for staying at the hotels, including our sales tax and tourism support tax rate, is 16.2%. And also, you should note that there is a $3 per night fee that is uh, an occupancy fee, that is a city fee. So, Those are the hotel rates, still really good rates for being right off the French Quarter uh, in uh, New Orleans, very close to the water. It's going to be a great time. Now, let me talk to you about the schedule for the convention, back on what we might call our usual convention schedule. On Sunday, July 5th will be our seminar day, and uh, we'll be starting to get ready for various convention meetings, and our parents uh, often meet on that day. I'm sorry, I said Sunday, and I meant Tuesday, July 5th. Tuesday, July 5th. Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, July 6th will be our resolutions day. And then Thursday, July 7th will be our board meeting and division day. On July Eight, of course, Friday, we will have our opening session day, always a very high energy and jam-packed day at the convention. Saturday will be our business meeting day, and July 10, Sunday, will be banquet day, and full of many uh, interesting surprises, I am sure. Now, registration is open now, right now. 
It is open, and you can register online by going to nfb.org convention. The registration rate uh, online is $25, and the banquet price online is $70. Of course, if you wait until the convention to come register and buy your banquet tickets, the prices will go up. Uh, by longstanding tradition, the convention registration will be open until May 31st. So I do encourage you to get on early, uh, register. Some of you might even be registering now as you tune in live to the presidential release. For those who are first timers to the convention, and first timers means you have never before attended an in-person national convention, you can apply for the Kenneth Jernigan Scholarships. And this is an opportunity to get some financial support to participate in our first in-person convention in three years. You can find information about the Kenneth Jernigan Scholarships on our website at nfb.org. You can also find the information in the monitor. Now, many of you are wondering about our COVID protocols for the convention. And of course, right now, this is a situation that seems to be changing uh, by the day for the positive after uh, going through a couple years uh, and, and experiences where it seemed like it was changing by the day in the other direction. So I want to currently talk to you about the policy that the board has set. You will find information about this when you register for the convention. You'll find all of this laid out. And again, it, it may change as we get closer to the convention, but this is our, our baseline. First and foremost, the goal of our COVID protocols is the safety of our Federation family. We have a diverse membership group. And amongst our members, um, some have more risk factors than others. And we want the convention to be uh, as safe and welcoming to as many people as possible. So the board has uh, set forth a policy that includes uh, these things. First of all, everyone who registers and attends the convention uh, must demonstrate that they are negative for COVID-19 by either producing a test, taking a test in advance of coming to New Orleans and sending it to us. And we'll share that information with you. It's on the website. And if you register, you will get that information. Or you can come to the hotel and we will give you a COVID test and uh, you will need to take that COVID test or produce results of a negative COVID test that you've taken elsewhere before you will be admitted to meetings of the convention and before you can pick up your registration packet. Again, testing at the convention uh, will be provided by the Federation at no cost. Now, we don't know all of the details of the testing and how it's going to happen. But those are the outlines that you either need to test within 72 hours of coming to New Orleans, or you can test somewhere else in New Orleans if you want, or you can test at the convention. But to be admitted to the convention, you will have to have that negative COVID-19 test. Also, we are planning that we will be masking in all convention meetings and in common areas of the convention 
when not actively eating and drinking. So we are planning uh, that we all will wear masks at the convention. We will, of course, have masks available if that's needed at the convention. Uh, of course, we're going to encourage uh, appropriate physical distancing where that's possible. Obviously, that's not always going to be possible, and uh, we're going to do our best to uh, make sure that happens. We're also going to have special limits on areas like the exhibit hall to make sure that we don't overpack the exhibit hall, and we're also going to have steps to make sure that traffic is moving in one direction to support ease of movement and safety within the exhibit hall. Uh, we'll also be making information available, access to local resources regarding testing or if someone is showing symptoms of, of COVID-19. Of course, the hotel has extensive cleaning. Both hotels have extensive and cleaning protocols, and we will be having hand sanitizer available in as many places as possible. Those are the basic outlines, but here's the most important thing. We are going to rely on each and every member at the convention to do their part to make the convention safe, welcoming, and for us to have patience as we work through really getting together in person for the first time in three years under new circumstances. And a great example is the elevators. Uh, we know that uh, often uh, people want to rush off to um, this meeting or that, and the elevators can get quite congested. We know that. We're going to need extra care and patience with the elevators this year, especially because um, we really want to be aware of how people feel, comfortable people feel packing an elevator. It's something we should be aware of anyway. It's just a good example of it's going to take each and every one of us to make this convention as safe and welcoming as possible. I'm really optimistic. I think the procedures we're putting in place are good. I think things are trending in the right direction, and I have a lot of confidence in the members of the Federation to make this convention uh, as safe as possible. Really gonna be excited to be in the room and have the energy of the crowd, and those six days, can't wait. Now, if for whatever reason, uh, you cannot attend the convention. Uh, we are going to make a convention virtual experience available to you. And the key to getting the convention vir virtual experience is you will have to register for the convention. Now, there's a difference between registering for the in-person convention and registering for the convention virtual experience. So there are different registration forms. One of the primary differences is that our convention virtual experience is free. It'll be free to all registered participants. It will allow you uh, exclusive access to some virtual convention events in addition to the streaming that we will offer broadly of general sessions, there will be special virtual convention activities that will only be available to registered attendees and only published to registered uh, attendees. Those who are registered uh, for the virtual experience will be eligible for uh, separate door prizes. Uh, you won't be able to get all of the door prizes you could get in the room, 
but there will be special door prizes just for our virtual experience crowd. Of course, you will have to be there and uh, show that you're there to get access to them. Over the last couple of years, we've used the Crowd Compass app as part of our convention experience, and that will be available to all registered convention attendees in person and virtual. You will not be able to get access to the Crowd Compass app and the resources there if you are not registered. We do expect that the uh, virtual experience will also make you eligible for other special features of the convention, convention promotions, and things like that. You can register again at nfb.org convention for our usual in-person dynamic experience or for our convention virtual experience for those who can't be there. It's going to have some enhanced features that you haven't experienced before. Uh, I do want to say that the virtual experience is not a hybrid experience. You will not have access to all of the meetings and uh, voting and other things that happen at the in-person convention. However, I think the convention virtual experience is going to be a nice new feature to our convention that we can build on going forward. So I hope that many of you will participate if you can't be with us in person in New Orleans, but I know that many of you are planning to be with us in person. Let me talk to you about a few other things, and one of them is our 2022 Braille Enrichment for Literacy and Learning Academy that is coming up this summer. Registration is now open for both our in-person and our in-home opportunities in the Bell Academy. You can find more information on our website about both the in-home program and our Bell Academies in the local communities where we will be having them. And we are still hearing from a number of affiliates who are planning to provide Bell programming for blind and low vision children who uh, are looking for an opportunity to grow in their Braille and non-visual skills. The current in-person programs are happening in these cities. Tucson, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, Littleton, Colorado, Rathdrum, Idaho, Chicago, Illinois, Springfield, Illinois, Ruston, Louisiana, St. Louis, Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri, Perth, Amboy, New Jersey, and Baltimore, Maryland. As I say, these are the in-person programs that we have registered in our Bell Portal today. There will definitely be some more coming, and I encourage affiliates that haven't uploaded their Bell Academies to do so. Now, our in-home edition is a little bit different this year. So first and foremost, it's going to take place from July 18 to August 5. So it's a three-week program, and it is limited to only 100 students. So you should definitely uh, take advantage of the in-person if you can, but 
affiliates that aren't holding in-person events, please uh, encourage families to register for uh, the in-home edition. Uh, wish we could continue to serve many more students, but this, I think, is going to give us the widest coverage throughout the country. Our Bell Academy is really one of the highlights of the summer, and it has made a huge difference in spreading Braille literacy across this country. I encourage you to spread the word to families, help families get connected with this resource, and help spread uh, the joy of Braille to uh, more families during the summer of 2020. You can apply for both of these programs again by visiting nfb.org bell. You can find all the information there. We have been making great progress on pushing the Biden administration on access to COVID-19 in-home testing. If you've received the Braille Monitor, you'll find a number of announcements about our work there, including some news from the White House, specifically answering concerns raised by the National Federation of the Blind about access to uh, in-home COVID tests. Now, the administration has taken some great steps in direct response to our work to talk with the White House, starting with a letter on January 3. I think we've sent letters to every relevant uh, agency in the government on this. The instructions that are made available on the FDA website, which have not been fully accessible, will now be fully accessible. In fact, the FDA is going to re start requesting that all documents, uh, as they should have been before, will be uh, accessible to blind users. So this is a great victory. Now, we still don't have the government distributing 100% fully accessible, non-visually accessible at-home tests, but we're working in that direction, and we have gotten their attention. So congratulations to the Federation for the work on this. Please continue to push out into social media the importance of this issue. We should not let up, but I think uh, we're going to see many great things happen, and I know we'll be talking about it when we get to our national convention as well. A quick update on training efforts in the National Federation of the Blind. Last year, we offered training in partnership with RAIN, and uh, we are getting ready to launch a second round of training this year with RAIN. We have updated the curriculum with RAIN based on feedback from those who participated last year, and we are now making available additional sessions this spring for eligible individuals. That would include uh, NFB or NFB Training Center staff, NFB Training Center students, affiliate board members, national division board members, chapter presidents, and affiliate scholarship committee members. Now, if you took the RAIN training in 2021, you don't have to take it in 2022. But if you are, are, were newly elected or newly appointed to a position that's eligible for the training, you should talk with your affiliate president or national division president about getting into the RAIN training sessions for this year. Also, we have released to the membership an interest form. Many who 
aren't in elected positions currently have expressed interest in uh, receiving the RAIN training. If that's of interest to you, we have an interest form on the website that you can fill out and express your interest. And once we gauge uh, how many members uh, would like to take this training, we're going to see if we can put together some additional training based on the folks who expressed interest. So if you're at all interested, please fill out the form. That way you will get the information when additional RAIN training opportunities come. You can find the interest form by going to our safety and support page at nfb.org. That's nfb.org slash safety dash and dash support dash rain dash request. It's a long URL. You can also just go to our safety and support page and find the information there. And if you need assistance, please contact us at the national office. I do have a few Federation family notes to share with you on this release. I apologize that a few of these were missed on previous releases. Uh, from Michigan, Michael Powell reports the death of Ray Roberson, who died on November 16, 2021, at the age of 93. Ray joined the NFB when it was the Michigan Federation of the Blind in 1952. He was a true activist for civil rights, including for blind people and the LGBT community, and really was a pioneer in so many aspects of his advocacy work. And during his time, Ray served as president of the Detroit chapter in the 1990s, and under his leadership, the chapter had well over 100 members. There are many other notes I have about Ray, including his mentorship of so many people, including our president in Michigan. Also from Michigan, a note that Larry Young passed away at age 100, Larry was a sighted ally of the Federation who uh, served and used many of his capacities to uh, help advance uh, the Federation cause. He served on the first commission for the Blind Board in 1978 in Michigan, and he was a well-known uh, member of the Lions Club, bringing uh, the resources of the Lions to the work of the Federation in Michigan, so his presence will also be missed. And in January, Michael reports the passing of John Frazier, who passed away due to COVID-19 at age 42. John was an active member of our Detroit chapter, was well known across the community, as working on many issues and obviously a life lost too soon. You should keep all these members from Michigan in your thoughts and prayers. From Georgia, Dorothy Griffin reports the passing of NFB Atlanta Metropolitan member Demona Fletcher. Demona passed away on Sunday, 
January 23, after a valiant effort with a number of conditions that she faced, Demona was a very active on the chapter board and in many other capacities, especially the fundraising committee in Atlanta. So you might keep Demona and her friends and family in your thoughts and prayers. And finally, uh, really heavy news from our New York affiliate. I regret to share with you the passing of David Stair, who passed away on February 16. David has been a longtime leader in many capacities in the Federation, a quiet and strong force living the Federation philosophy. Most Federationists probably know him from the beautiful invocations that he has offered us at our national conventions for many, many years, his beautiful voice. But if uh, you had the opportunity, as many Federationists have, to get to know his spirit and heart, he truly lived the Federation uh, philosophy in everything that he did. He had a long battle with cancer, and he will be missed in so many corners of the Federation. So I encourage you to keep uh, David, his family, and all of the Federationists that we've lost in your thoughts and prayers this month. From Maryland, I do have one piece of joyous news to share with you, and that's the birth of Astrid Ursa Danforth. She is the second daughter and fourth child of Ben Danforth, who serves as treasurer of the Sligo Creek chapter of the National Federation of the Blind of Maryland. She was born on February 22nd and weighed in at 8 pounds, 12 ounces, and was 21.5 inches long. Astrid and Mom are now at home doing well, and Astrid is getting to know her other family members, including her siblings, uh, Matilda, Ezra, and Linus. So welcome to the newest member of the National Federation of the Blind. Now, before we get to our customary endings on this release, I think it's appropriate on this Fat Tuesday for us to have a fit break. Hey everybody, it's Jess with NFB Sports and Rec, and I'm back with you for another fit break. But I'm going to turn this one over to a special host. Take it away, Pam and Homer Simpson. Okay, everyone, it's time for another fit break so we can get up and get moving and eat all kinds of food later. Oh, later? But I want to eat them now. Okay, Homer, but we need to reach for it first. I have to work for it. Wait a minute. Are you Mr. Burns in disguise? What? No, I'm Pam Allen. <gasps> but you're famous. Aren't you the first vice president of the National Federation of the Blind and the affiliate president of Louisiana? And aren't you the executive director of the Louisiana Center for the Blind? Uh, yes, but I'm not famous, Homer. You're famous. <laughs> well, obviously. Uh, what is the Louisiana Center for the Blind anyway? That's not where Mr. Burns works now. Is it, Mr. Burns? It's Pam. But we give blind people the tools to live the lives they want and show people blindness skills so they can live independently. Okay, everyone, get up while we work this out, please. Thanks. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, sure, Pam Allen, if that's your real name. What am I working for? 
Well, Homer Simpson, let's see. There are donuts. <gasps> donuts? Crab cakes. Oh, crab cakes. And jambalaya. Jambalaya, me oh maya. Woohoo! I told you, I'm not Mr. Burns. Are you ready to reach and stretch, Homer? Eh, yeah, okay, I guess. Okay. Oh, the old gray mare ain't what she used to be. <sighs> okay, get up and reach straight up toward that donut in the sky. <sighs> Great job, Homer. Now reach to the right toward that amazing Maryland crab cake. I can't reach it. <laughs> That's because you're a cartoon. Why, you little? Okay, now reach to the left for that amazing jambalaya from New Orleans. There you go. You're almost there, Homer. So close, my jambalaya. <laughs> Come back to the middle. You got that donut. Mmm, donut. Hey, Homer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Pam? So, you have a crab cake! Yeah, I do. I grabbed it when you weren't looking. Yeah, yeah it's okay, Pam. I grabbed the jambalaya and the donut when you weren't looking. Yo! <laughs> no. oh, jambalaya and donut. Well, at least I still have a beignet. Huh? Beignet? Where can I get one? Come to convention next year in New Orleans, and you can get all the menus you want. Woohoo! Can't wait to see you there. I love that fit break. It's my favorite one. And if you're not ready to come to New Orleans after that, I don't know what more incentive you need. Well, I'm certainly feeling fit for March and fit to get ready for our national convention. I wish all the affiliate conventions coming up this spring the best. I'm looking forward to attending a convention or two myself before we get to our national convention in person in New Orleans. Plan to be there with me. That's what I have for this presidential release. I will leave you with the customary endings and say, let's go build the National Federation of the Blind. Before we do that, um, again, just a, a quick reminder to everybody to please join us for our next presidential release live on Monday, April 4th at 8 p.m. Eastern using Zoom, the Nations Blind YouTube channel, our internet stream, or by asking your Amazon device to open Nations Blind. Contact President Riccobono at 410-659-93. One four or via email at office of the president at nfb.org. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Fukubono, and I'll be telling you a joke. Excellent. What do you call a leprechaun that's in jail? I don't know what. A leprechaun. Oh. Hi, um, I'm Elizabeth and I'll be telling you a joke. Excellent. What is a bow you cannot tie? I don't know what. A rainbow. Oh. I have another one. Okay. What is a leprechaun's favorite cereal? I don't know what. Lucky Charms. The preceding message was brought to you by Mark Riccobono, President, National Federation of the Blind, Office of the President at nfb.org, 410-659-9314, www.nfb.org. Let's go build the National Federation of the Blind.